0: Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I'm Russell Toby,
1: And I'm Robert Diane. And this is Talk Art. Welcome to Talk Art. How
0: are you today, Robert?
1: Today, Russell, I am feeling wanted. Oh,
0: that's a nice feeling. Most wanted. Oh, my God.
1: Yes, because today we are here in collaboration with Most Wanted Wines. And we've been working for a number of months on a very exciting project. We have found three artists, thanks to the help of the wonderful uh, creative debuts, who we're going to be meeting today as well, um, And uh, there was a long list of artists. There was a kind of submission process. And then both of us got to help um, decide on the final three. We curated it. We did. We did help curate it. And um, what will happen is there are going to be three bottles of wine, which will be in supermarkets across the country and anywhere where you get your wine from. And each one has exclusive labels in a limited edition um, created by each of the three chosen artists. That's right. And just to say, they are next level. We're sat right in front of them for the first ever time. It's really exciting, isn't it? We're in front
0: of the label. Labels and the artists that design the labels, yeah, and
1: they are—they've really stepped up to this challenge because it's a, a small canvas, you know, the label of a wine bottle. Yes. Um, but what I'm really fascinated by is the expansiveness and the. The use of space, they're so direct and in you know, I just love them. So I love I'm very them too, excited. Rob.
0: Well, Most Wanted Wines believe good wine should be enjoyed by everyone, just like good art. And the Most Wanted Wine Collective is a campaign to celebrate diversity through creativity by offering wine labels as canvases, as you talked about, to artists from lesser represented communities.
1: And the collective combines great wine with original, contemporary, and meaningful art, everything that we believe in mm-hmm. at Talk Art, striving for less exclusivity and more. Or inclusivity.
0: Well, we would like to welcome to Talk Art, the 2023 Most Wanted Wine Artist Collaboration with TalkArt and Creative Debut, the Most Wanted Collective, Anna, Anna Cabello,
1: Cabello and Chika Kula, Kula, Tej Adenuga,
0: and the Creative Debut's Organisation Director, Callum, Callum Hall. Hi guys. <laughs> That is the longest list we've done ever. (laughs) Yes, cheer, cheer, cheer. So, um, well, thanks for being here, everybody. It's uh, amazing to be doing this with you today. But I think we're going to go straight to you, Callum, because you are, as I said, the Creative Debut's organisation director. What is Creative
2: Debut's? So Creative Debuts is a platform for emerging artists. We uh, focused on the disruption and the democratization of the art world and act as a bridge between uh, the emerging art scene, primarily artists from marginalized communities and opportunities, a wide range of different opportunities. We do artwork rentals, we do uh, commissions, we do grants, we sell art, uh, we do lots of events. It's all about breaking down barriers and bringing people together through art as an amazing vehicle my relationship with most wanted wines started three years ago as they're a funder for the black arts grant uh, which is something that creative that we do and we host a couple of other grants as well so most wanted have been an incredible backer of that grant for the last three years and so it's amazing to work with them with the collective and obviously these three superstar artists how long has it been going for creative Dave? So it was an idea that kind of was first in my head when I was growing up up in Northumberland in a sort of small market town studying art. No one had any idea of kind of how to pursue it. I came down to London to Goldsmiths, didn't study art, didn't really like uni very much, but realized that there was so much more talent in London um, and there was still no one really had any idea of how to pursue the art game, unless you're like from a certain background, look a certain way, your mum or dad know people from the golf club or whatever. Like the reality of artists are really struggling and there's so much talent that goes under the radar. So that's what we're trying to do is spotlight all these incredible artists. And what was the the list then? How did you whittle down the list for this? Oh well, I put together a slightly longer list. It was the challenge was for you guys that's to whittle right, it right, down. Yeah, yeah. There was so much there's you know amazing options. Obviously, you know, I'm you know, love the the three that you picked. So yeah, it was uh Following the brief of what most wanted one. Obviously, you know, been fortunate to work with them for a while, as I say, and I think the this final three is amazing. So, they're absolutely great choices. Beautiful. Thanks, Callum, you too. <laughs> so, we should go to uh,
0: the artists now, right, Rob?
1: Yeah, so we're now going to meet Anna um, and Shika and Taju.
0: So, artists, what is it like to be here today and see these labels? This isn't the first time you've seen the label, right?
3: No, we saw it at the shoot, well, printed on the bottle, and. Um... And, yeah, it's just fantastic to see it in real life. Um, my illustration has been on a product for the first time, so I'm very excited about that.
0: And you're an award-winning illustrator and artist.
3: <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> Congratulations. I com- yeah, I completed all the awards.
0: <laughs> so this label we're looking at, we're looking at a, a, a solo figure of a woman. Is this representative of you?
3: Um, I guess so. I, I'm, I think... Um, with the figures I draw, I don't like to specify necessarily who it is. That's precisely why um, most of the time they're very simple in form and and um, they don't have clothes or a setting because I don't like to. I, I I like everyone who sees it to the see themselves or see someone they know.
0: Oh, so they can project onto the label.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So, <laughs> and, th- and this label in particular, what does that represent for you then? Uh,
3: this label is about a deep conversation. Yeah, so I I made the figure stare directly back at the viewer so that the viewer feels they're in dialogue with the character. Mm. And yeah, and I think and also at first glance, um, I kept it relatively simple, but the more you look at it, the more you discover um, more playful composition. So for example, the left arm, it could be the figures arm, but it could be someone else's arm Mm. or it could be the table at a bar. And the right elbow could be, also be the, the leaf of the flower and, um, and also the stem of the flower can also be part of the arm. And I included the flower also uh, to represent beauty and delicacy, which is often um, how women have been traditionally portrayed. And it juxtaposes um, with the characters there.
1: One of my favourite things about it is, A, you've included my favourite ever colour, orange, which I'm actually wearing (laughs) today as my shirt. Um, And it's a really vibrant orange. Um, But if I think of a way to describe your work, it would be like amazing use of colour. And I think you you use really vast planes of colour. And in this one, you've got the purple, which really juxtaposes with that bright orange. How did you get into colour?
3: I think it just helps the figures that I make, um... Uh, intensify the expression that I want to express, and and also just so that it stands out, it takes up space, mm-hmm. and and yeah, and also the fact that it's a wine bottle. I picked orange and purple because I thought it was quite unusual for a wine bottle. I don't think I've seen that many mm. with these colours, so it it also helps make um, the label stand out on a shelf.
0: How do you describe yourself as an artist Then, what what, what do you kind of stand for? Because there's a lot of dignity in this character. Do you feel like that represents the way that you hold yourself as an artist?
3: Yeah, I think, yeah, I stand for um, inclusivity, empathy, and I I, I want my art to spark meaningful conversations. Mm. My artwork is uh, predominantly a consequence of my own experience, uh, my own personal experience and as of being a woman. So my subjects explore things that I faced growing up um, like well taboos and and things I've been told that I need to hide or pretend that I don't have like periods and body hair and and uh, even nipples but yeah and I mean among other topics in a similar vein.
0: You had a best-selling book about tampons right?
3: Yeah well <laughs> yeah it was an advertising stunt and I was the illustrator for the for the book yeah, that campaign was amazing uh, because it not only was a brief where I got to depict women how I usually like to depict them, but also it was for such a great cause. And it was also targeted to young, impressionable teenagers. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it was just such a great opportunity to to do that book and also the response to it. It was incredible.
0: <laughs> Did you come across any challenges doing this at all? Was there anything that you had to like overcome
3: um, well, partic- specifically the color, um, oh. because the white wine is a yellowish, greenish color, and so it was quite tricky to ex- find the exact perfect tone for it to not clash. Oh, interesting.
0: <laughs> did you have the, the colour of the wine with you when you were designing the label then? Did you know which wine you were having?
3: Uh, yeah, we were told which wine we would have. But yeah, I just had to create a mock-up and like try to tweak it as many times. And also like the design team also um, helped like tweak it. And so in between all of us, we managed to get to the wow. exact tones. Wow, <laughs> such a big
1: collaboration. Yeah. I never thought of that. So, because you've got a Pinot Grigio and that is a particular green, isn't it? Yeah. And that's probably why it also pops so much because mm. they are in relation to each other. Um, I also like the way you get light coming through the bowl because Mm. the labels obviously so still, but they're they're very like alive as objects, aren't Mm. they? Um, What do you think about most wanted believe that good wine should be enjoyed by everyone, just like art should be. And um, how do you feel about breaking down boundaries, you know, to try and have less exclusivity and more inclusivity because even the wines themselves are very like approachable um, within reach in a sense, even the price point of them. Um, And I I love this idea that we're going to be in the supermarkets and in the shops, like seeing art there in a context where you might not normally see it
3: yeah I think I think art has this presumption that, that that there's this big complexity you need to understand about it and that you need to be some sort of intellectual to fully understand it but um but I mean the lovely thing about art is that it is there is no rule book and everyone uh, can interpret it in a million ways. And um, it like the meaning is always changing as well, depending on the context or where it is, where who the person is seeing it, and um, point in time in history as well. And um, I think it reminds me. So back in school, like I would have to analyze poetry for English class, and I remember every time I would read a new poem, I would freeze because I was too scared to that I would be interpreting it wrong or even feeling it incorrectly. <laughs> but then I would learn about the poet's um, uh, life and point in time, and it would all start to make sense. And then I would realise that it's actually not that complicated, as I thought it was. And um, I think the same happens with art. I think if we take artwork outside the context of a white gallery wall, it, it becomes easier to digest. And um uh, bringing, bringing artwork onto everyday objects, such as a wine bottle, is a great way to break these barriers. One of the ways that I do this as well is um, I print my work as stickers, and um, I love spreading them around everywhere from work laptops to the back of bathroom doors and pubs. And, so you're um... a street artist as well, do like <laughs> But um But, yeah, and also just, like, giving, obviously, like, giving it to all my friends and they put it on the back of their phones or their water bottles. And I just love how they come back to me saying... Uh, your stickers caused a react a conversation with a stranger and yeah and I just really love um, making my work accessible as accessible as possible oh well it
0: democratizes that. it doesn't it I guess putting <laughs> it on a wine label I just want to ask about um the Canary Islands you were brought up in the Canary Islands Yes. Which island? Gran Canaria. Great. I've been there a few times. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you go back a lot?
3: Yeah. My family, well, my parents still live there, so it's a great, yeah, it's great to have family there because there's always a holiday spot that you can stay true. It's always warm all year round, isn't it? Yeah. Usually like 23 degrees, which is perfect.
0: And do they drink Pinot Grigio, your family? They do. So they're going to get a few bottles of this? Yes.
3: Perfect. <laughs> They'll be very happy about that. Well, and what,
0: what do you think about the other bottles, the other designs? I love... Why the other artists are sat here
3: listening? <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> no, I just, I just really love how different they are from each other. I love that Anshika has used um, lovely colour and texture and Tej has used zippling and um, hatching and has an incredible technique. And the amount of detail that they both have is very different from what I typically do. But yeah, I'm just really excited to like hear how you guys got to it as well and more context behind it. Well,
1: that's Great. a perfect time to Segway. segue awesome. onto Segway. Our, our next incredible artist. So we would like to now introduce an- Anshika. How
0: are you doing?
4: Good. How are you?
0: Good. You've come <laughs> up from Southampton today. I have. Uh, did you have any nice food on the train?
4: I had an almond croissant and it was the best one of my life. Great. Oh.
0: <laughs> What's it like travelling up from Southampton?
4: Uh, surprisingly easy. The difficult bit is the tube, once you get here, because right. it's boiling hot right, right, and right. has that tube smell. What's the
0: tube smell? <laughs> not an almond people. croissant.
4: <laughs> Unfortunately not. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, the tube smell is uh, that burnt electricity smell the tube lines or something has. yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.
1: How would you describe your um, label then? Because you've been given the Malbec rosé. Did mm-hmm. you choose that yourself?
4: or No, no. We were given the bottles that we were given mm-hmm. and, and told to just go off of that with our own kind of <clears throat> imagination and see what would come up from it. Um, we did get sent the bottles ahead of time, obviously, Without our labels on because nothing existed then, um, just to sample the wine and see what we thought and whether it sparked any ideas based off of the flavors, the color, the just the way the bottle feels in your hands. Like look at the bottle and get a feel of it and the way that the curvature on the label would also work. So uh, yeah, you have that to helps. Yeah, consider the curve. Yeah, that was one of the big things that. In the brief as well, that was something that was specified: was you have to make sure that whatever you're doing um, art-wise, the focus is on when you're holding the bottle straight up. You're not you're not going to see the entirety of the label at one time, right? Because of the curve, so you're only going to have focus on one vertical sliver. So you want to make sure that whatever you're doing isn't off to the sides too much and it fits that specific space really well.
0: Is that a lot? That sounds like a lot of pressure. <laughs>
4: slightly a little bit of pressure but fun it was a fun challenge I've never like like Anna I've never done something that's been like a tangible product like a wine bottle like I've done like t-shirts that I've like sold myself and things like that but never something with this kind of reach and this kind of like technical specification necessary yeah, so yeah, yeah. something
1: yeah. I really loved about your one is the use of scale because there's really large elements but also the tiniest little furniture <laughs> you know there's a little chair I think it's a chair mm-hmm. um, yeah. and a paintbrush mm-hmm. and there's all these kind of little details that you might not immediately recognize but the longer you spend with the bottle you they kind of un, you know un, unfurl and and are there to discover was that something you've done before
4: yeah I would say that like that kind of whimsical element is present in most of my work. Like I like doing things that make viewers and audiences look a little deeper and take a little bit more time with the work. Um, And it's kind of a nice way as well because of the background that I have in terms of my um, art career, so to speak, is uh, I've come in with a kind of like background in political messaging or um, kind of expressing certain political beliefs and ideologies that I hold and that things that I feel are important to me and doing that through the medium of making kind of whimsical and like sort of traditionally like pretty art or like mm. sort of quite feminine looking art but art that makes the viewer look a little bit deeper and take in those little details as kind of like a neat way of tricking people into into taking in that message and absorbing um, some of the intricacies of what you're trying to say but you're doing it in a playful way And in a way that maybe is a little bit, not that politics should be easily digestible for people, but for a lot of people, it should be and can be and that's not a bad thing. Um, to have that as a separate avenue into exploring social issues. It's
1: interesting, the power of beauty and the way that it can be, you know, um, used almost like a Trojan horse to to, to entice people in because people have that natural desire for things to be beautiful. It's like a fact. So we spoke a bit about it with um, Nadia from Pussy Riot and also Rini Matic, the artist who's got a show at Martin Parr right now in Bristol. Um, This idea of like really thinking about how beauty can affect people's kind of minds.
4: <laughs> yeah, basically you're you're using it to uh hopefully a good cause and and for a greater good and kind of harnessing it and manipulating it but for something positive and not making it sound quite as evil as that
0: sounds what do you what do you stand for as an artist then What what is it what is your beliefs that you want I mean kind of- very
4: much like what most wanted wines have kind of mentioned um less exclusivity and more inclusivity like I I'm a trans non-binary artist like coming from that background coming from the fact that you know I'm a person of color I'm there's a certain level of otherness that I feel, and a certain level of isolation I feel. I'm, you know, I'm a child of two cultures. I grew up in India, and now I've been here since I was 15. So literally half and half of my life has been spent in two completely different places, and those things that are very unique to me kind of influence my worldview and everything I kind of stand for. So, you know, having having the background that I have makes it so that I've been forced in a weird way to be more empathetic and be more compassionate and think outside of my own experience, because I know that there are people who are having similar experiences to me, not the same, but similar in our otherness. Yeah. And even though we are othered, there is a, there's a, there's a thread that binds us. It's in a solidarity in yeah. crisis, nice, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I feel that in terms of immigrants, I feel, I feel kinship um with immigrants and actually not to not to sound like an absolute fan person here but Russell when you worked on years and years and that storyline that you had um specifically with the migrant crossings and and things like that that specifically honestly my family and I watched that together and we were in tears
0: I was in tears yeah I was in it yeah Yeah. (laughs) sounds a bit narcissistic but
4: (laughs) (laughs) yes but but again that's what good art should do that that's what it should do and that's what it does is it evokes emotion and evokes feelings in you and and, change
0: potentially and
4: yeah exactly and the more people that you can influence to feel a certain way about it or evoke those strong emotions the more of a ripple effect it might potentially have and those people might feel an impetus to do something about it Mm -hmm. um even if that's on a local level even if that's just being more aware of themselves and what they say and how they feel and think that change inevitably trickles further to communities around them, maybe online, and the reach can be endless. So, yeah, that's... If you,
1: if you think about drinking wine, it's obviously quite an enjoyable thing and fun. You know, people do it with their friends and their communities. In and moderation. It's kind of a, yeah. In moderation, yeah, but it's a joyous <laughs> thing. So how important is joy within your work? Because I I take away a lot of joy when I looked at your work, even in the um, selection process.
4: I'm really glad you said that because that that is something I really aim for. Um, for me in particular, Art is something that I derive a lot of comfort from. Um, It's something that I kind of have always used as a form of escapism in my own life because I've been drawing since I was little and I've had a lot go on uh, in terms of mental illness and things like that. Uh, Family trauma, lots of stuff has happened and art has always been the escape. It's always been where I've gone. And so I think inevitably, like, it's, it's kind of been uh in contrast to what was happening in my reality this was a way for me to experience joy and experience comfort and security and and growth in a really positive way rather than the growth that I was being forced into experiencing as a child and as a teenager art was the thing that was like growing at my own pace and i knew that if i put work into it i would evolve in the direction i wanted to evolve in and that joy and that like feeling of like having ownership over something that is so personal and meaningful to you, that's been really important for me.
0: You uh, celebrate the visual Easter egg. We talked about this teeny tiny chair that's being painted. What does that mean?
4: <laughs> uh, so when we got the brief from uh, Most Wanted Wines and and Creative Debuts, this art was something that I had already been planning before even the brief had been delivered to me, it was a personal work that I was planning, um, because I sell prints of my work, and I thought this would be a really cool thing. Like I just I like working on stuff, and especially what I call uh, the traditional Aorist's big pieces. Aorist is a pseudonym I go by. Um, what is it? Aorist. Okay. It's it's just you know when uh, the old school days of Tumblr like pretentious film blogging. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: yeah,
4: uh, Those old school days is where uh, you'd come up with like a really like sort of pretentious sounding like show offy username that didn't really mean anything, but it was like maybe borrowed from another language. So Aorist is actually a type of uh, it's a Greek term. It's a Greek linguistic term. And I don't speak Greek. I don't know why I chose it. It just sounded pretty to me at the time. Sounds great. But because I had that username uh, at the time that I started my career, it just kind of stuck. And now I'm like, okay, well, people know me as that online, so I'm going to stick with it. But anyway, that was a tangent. Um, The thing I meant (laughs) to say is that I refer to these as Aorist big pieces, uh, where there is a ton of detail, the little Easter eggs uh, that I really, really love putting into my work. And again, that kind of harks back to the same concept of kind of tricking people into seeing like the little things and yeah. they're all little things that are meaningful to me in some way. So when we got the brief, I'd been thinking of this piece because I'd been coming out of winter. And again, with the fact that it was a rosé, like that feels really, really spring-like. That's mm. a spring drink. Um <laughs> and, <laughs> and I really liked the idea of leaning into that and like the hopefulness of spring. And as someone who uh, has... Quite a lot of uh, seasonal affective disorder (laughs) Um, and a lot of wintertime depression. That felt like a really nice motif to like lean into with the florals and the sort of the colors that I picked for this, this piece particularly as well. And the, and the little chair and things like that are just representative of having having space and time and the freedom as an artist to make your own things to literally carve out a seat at the table for yourself I love that, was, that.
1: Yeah. it's going to be such a beautiful thing just to have on the shelf in the kitchen as well do you know what I mean like or have around you yeah, as an object yeah. Yeah. that's what I like about all three of them yeah. is I feel like you know it's going to be launching in, in autumn and in November I think and it's just this wonderful thing around the holidays as well where you can just have beautiful objects in the household
0: what do you think about about your fellow artists' labels?
4: They're so good, literally. When I saw them, so we saw them at the shoot we did, um, and they're so lovely. Like, I was kind of taken aback at how good they all look together despite being so vastly different yes. from each other, which I realise is the brief, and that's the point, <laughs> that we were told they should be cohesive and work together. Yeah,
1: it's like togetherness. Yeah, yeah.
4: community, Yeah, <laughs> community baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, on that note, we're going to meet our third artist from the collective. Hey,
0: Tej. Hello.
1: Hi, Tej. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good, how are you?
0: Very good. Your label is stunning. Are you thrilled? Yes, I am. <laughs> what was what was the process like to get this label to where it's at?
5: Um, it was a lot of because uh, my work has a lot of complexity in terms of like the build of it. I kind of layer um, each character over each other, so to speak. And they were like, you know, there needs to be like some space here because like text needs to go here, and like there needs some, some space over there because like the label needs to go there. So it was kind of like doing this kind of mind maps into like, okay, cool, I'm going to position everything this way so that everything kind of fits and is cohesive with everybody else's. I think you described yourself as a super fancy
0: photocopier. Yes. What, <laughs> what, what does that what does that mean when it
5: comes to your art then? Uh, so I have monochromatic color blindness, so I see everything in grayscale. So usually what I do is like when I'm painting, I'm just translating like a kind of uh, secondary, uh, or primary photo of I've, I've taken or seen, and then translate that into, uh, artwork, so to speak. So it's kind of taking something that already exists and putting it through like a new lens, but, uh, manually. And this this is found imagery. Is this stuff yes, that yes, you can
0: find be. online, in magazines, or is this your own work or other people's uh, uh, work?
5: It's a mixture of both. Wow. Yeah.
0: And you started off your first job as art director for Tiny Temper, right? Yes. How and what, and you've just been growing since then. How did
5: that come about? Twitter. What? Yeah. <laughs> it just it just messaged me. It was like, hey, I like your stuff. Uh, I was like 20 at a time, and I was like, oh, spam, like some kind of um, – Someone that's trying to pretend to be him and et cetera, et cetera. And then messaged me again. I was like, yo, yo, what's going on? And I was like Why are you ignoring yeah. me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, don't you know who I am? Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, Hey, uh uh, thank you. It was like, Oh, can you can you meet? And I was like, Yes, of course, of course, of course we can meet. Uh and I time him I lived in Essex. And I had to like Where travel. in Essex, please? I lived in Rumford. That's where I was born. Lovely place. Oh, nice. Yeah,
1: yeah.
5: I wouldn't say it's nice, actually. (laughs) It was uh, it was fine. Yes. It was okay. Yeah. yeah. So it was like meet me at Shortage House. I didn't even know what that was at that point. So I went to this place. There was just this door, and I was like, I'm sure it's the place I entered. And I was like, excuse me, can I I'm I'm waiting for Tiny Temple. They're like, Yes, please sit down. And I was like, Okay. (laughs) This is really strange. Um, and then he made me wait three hours. What? Yeah, <laughs> it's very like Madonna work. It? <laughs> it, it was. It was. To be fair, it was really, really apologetic about it, and it wasn't his fault. So, and then yeah, and we sat down, and it was like, oh, what's your spiel? And just told them that I only moved to England about five years before, and etc., mm-hmm. etc. Cetera, et cetera. And it was like, do you want to become an art director? And I was like, I'm not sure what that is, mm. but. Sure, yes, yes, I'll, I'll figure it out. At that time, I still worked in retail, and it was like, "Oh, what's your kind of salary?" And I was like, "If you can pay me, like whatever, I was getting paid in retail. I'll, I'll come work for you. It's okay." Oh, I bet you he- was thrilled. <laughs> 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 look at, look at, look, looking back, it was, it was like, it yes. was, it was very thrilled, I, I, and it was just like, okay, cool. And then, it's been a multitude of. Like, I think that kind of forced me into like the multidisciplinary kind of thing, because it be like, oh, um, I need to go design my new Maybach in Germany. Do you want to come? And then I'm in mean, this big boy meeting telling people what to do and et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, it kind of just put me in the blender and it was very transformative. That's so
1: brilliant. What a great opportunity. Um, Mm. So if you think about the Most Wanted Wine bottle, you were given the Malbec, and it's a black and white label. And I love how you've used space again. Mm. It's got such a depth to it, but also it's really present in the foreground as well. But the thing that really struck me about your work is the intensity and the kind of really precise focus and um, passion, actually. Um, Mm. And it feels to me something that, like, I feel like you've spent many years developing this line. Um, Did it start in childhood? Is it something that like began very early for you, the communicating through drawing?
5: Yes, it actually began in like my science classes because at school I did uh, three majors, so um, chemistry, physics and biology. Oh, wow. And that meant that, you know, you had to like, whenever you did an experiment, this was in Nigeria, you had to kind of illustrate your experiment in your notebook, basically. So like every step. So that kind of what, got me into drawing in the first place oh, right. and because I lacked lack of control of colours so I usually use like shades and like stippling to illustrate like certain like a chemical reaction happening and so on so I think as time kind of grew on and then I got on place like Tumblr and I saw it's getting big mentions <laughs> it was yeah. not I was not <laughs> expecting that yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry everyone
1: <laughs>
5: <laughs> uh and i saw that people were being creative and they were making a living out of it and i was like this is insane i need to get on this yeah. this is like you, you, are you telling me someone like drew this and they got this oh, absolutely uh so that kind of that kind of transformed and i think i got less and less into the science part of things which is uh you're familiar with Nigerian parents that's very disappointing because right. they want every kid to, to be a scientist uh, my two older sisters one's a doctor other's a pharmacist and my junior brother is a lawyer so I'm kind of like a black sheep so to speak and then the style just kind of developed and I think I got much more detailed in the work I was making I'm not sure exactly where the transformation, transformation kept happening but I just realized that I could even go bigger bigger in scale but still have the same detail and the same intensity Mm -hmm. as a smaller scale kind of artwork. So it's been, I wouldn't say it's kind of been up to me, but I think with kind of practicing and doing the same thing over and over again, I think that's that's how I kind of got here. And I put the same jazz song on repeat. So I think- While you're working? Yeah, that kind of helps with the repetitive like kind of mindset. And will you change song when you're
0: doing the next work? Yeah. So in some ways, when you see this, is it, there's a, a melody in this picture for
5: you? Just what yeah, they? yeah. It kind of has a rhythm when I'm when I'm oh, wow. still playing. It's because otherwise it becomes boring and a little bit tiresome. So you kind of work. But the listens to the same song, doesn't? Yeah, yeah, boring. yeah, yeah. That sorry, does. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you you've uh, described
0: your practice as focusing on the intentional removal of informational excess from found photographs. So yeah. how does talk about this label through that lens? Then, how, what that all means? So
5: this label is. In, it's part of like my kind of artist mantra which is a west african fictional mythology uh i grew up in an area well the area where i grew up which is like kind of western of nigeria was kind of like the melting pot of culture and mythology and et cetera et cetera so as a child you got told all the stories about different deities and who control the water and control the sky and et cetera, et cetera. But the stories were never really kind of complete because of like kind of influence over time from external, like from the West and the Portuguese game and the British game. Right. And those stories kind of got lost over time, so to speak. And then you can see like the ruins of things that used to exist. And we're back then, like the palaces and like the furniture and et cetera, et cetera. So I was like, okay, how about I take these stories that I got as a kid and kind of bring them into the, future uh so to speak so that these stories have a way of carrying on um over time and giving them like an extension and why the fictional part comes in because i tend to infuse my own fantasies to what it could have been if this uh communities and civilizations were allowed to develop over time wow so these deities
0: play into all of your work yes so is this, is this character or these characters
5: on the label deities of some yeah. Yes, so the main character is a deity that controls metal and those are his uh, two Well That's uh, your science children. there, isn't it? That's Pardon. that's where you've linked in the science. <laughs> yes, <this> controlling metal, <laughs> yeah,
0: love that. Science and art. <laughs>
5: uh, it kind of controls metal, so it's just kind of like a depiction of what he could have looked like during his time. Have you given him a name? Uh, I think he has a name, but... I tell the story so much, I'm not sure I exactly remember the exact okay, <laughs> were,
1: were there any practical challenges like designing a wine bottle uh, label? Because um, I know you like to get quite expansive and this is quite a kind of focused uh, world in a way. It's, it's a little window. Um, how did you feel when you were like approaching that?
5: For me, it was just quite methodical, mathematical kind of approach. It wasn't like a big challenge so to speak because i've expressed myself in product before uh, and even more complex products so to speak and also my full-time job also requires me to think in 3d uh, most of the time uh so i think my focus was kind of like you know with both um styles of the other artists on the collective um because the the way my work looks is so radically different how does this still kind of tie in like, how can it be coercive? And I think what I think ties it in together because like we're all depicting some kind of character. Mm-hmm. So I think that was what was important to me to show like the intensity and the brilliance of the character that was portrayed.
1: I, I think the clarity of it all three is is so impressive and yeah. the directness um of each label. They really speak to you, like as a viewer, you know, the interaction between you and the bottle. It's it's really impressive.
0: It sounds like It's a time-consuming process, but it feels like that's the sort of thing that you
5: like. (laughs)
0: You like to say, right? (laughs) Zoning in.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it
5: is. It is quite a... The the time frame was always quite limited, but that always happens um, whenever commissions come in, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But you just have to, like, figure out where you're going to start and figure out where you're going to finish. And it and because like i quite think methodically i'm like okay call cool, this kind of shit apart it's going to take like 3 hours or 4 hours and, and i think that um i'm glad that i was able to uh it was it was a challenge i don't think i've ever made something in this something this complex such a short amount of time uh, what was the jazz song for this one it was a Koji radical song in a collaboration with two other jazz artists and the song was called no gangster
1: Yes. Well remembered.
0: Lovely.
5: Are you you still (laughs) making lamps? Still making lamps. Uh, Kind of the other part of this mythology part is expressing the other means and mediums of um, furniture. So I'm working on this furniture series um, inspired by a community that lived on an aluminum deposit. And the fiction story kind of it's kind of saying that this community lived here on this aluminum deposit and everything they made was out of aluminum. And we are kind of unearthing all this aluminum pieces and this is what be, we've been able to unearth uh, so far. And what's exciting to work with aluminum is that it's like um, infinitely recyclable without losing mass. So these pieces can be melted down and made to other pieces in the future. So it's quite exciting.
0: On the periodic table, what is the code for aluminum? AL.
2: Good. Yeah.
1: Very good. <laughs> <laughs> How does it feel Correct. to know that your your bottle and your artwork is going to be seen by whole new audience? And in a very mainstream way, in a way, because it's there's a really you know, it's very accessible. Is that exciting?
5: No, that's really exciting. I am on board with the collective mantra, which is to make um art accessible to a lot of people. Um I come from a place where art was very rich and very accessible. So like the street I grew up on at like Basket weavers, cobblers, furniture makers, mm, amazing. potters, amazing. et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. it was never it kind of like you can't touch that. so until I moved to England and I saw things on plants. And like, they're
0: respected as crafts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Respect yeah.
5: our craftsmen. But I think it's a different level when I moved to England and there was like this pot and it was like on a plinth and in the glass and you can touch it. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um yeah. but I think uh We artists, uh, our responsibility is to bring joy and beauty into the world. And, you know, it's not a very easy world to live in. I think that we have the responsibility to kind of, you know, give a sliver of hope and contentment and joy and maybe ignite some serotonin. And uh, I think we are trying to do that. I love that you feel a
0: responsibility for, like, bringing joy and hope into the world. That's an amazing things of empowering to feel as an artist and generous yeah
5: Yeah. i think making work like being able to create is an absolute privilege um i think not a lot of people get the chance to uh i believe that there's a lot of more artists in the world but they're wearing suits every day because that's what they gotta do so i think once you get the chance and opportunity to be able to be able to create especially on a scale like this then you just gotta give it your all and you know, make sure that uh, you the message you're portraying is a reflection of the environment you live in, but also channeling a a glimmer of uh, open uh, positivity. Love that. What do you think of the other labels, fellow artists? I think they are absolutely are uh, sublime. Um, I wish that I could see them in the way they've been presented, but hearing you guys speak about it, oh, oh, because, because me, of your because
3: color, Blake. Yeah,
5: has given me more context. Interesting. Uh, And the feeling that you guys have tried to kind of invoke, it makes me, from what you've said, I can gather a lot of warmness from uh, the wine bottles. So I think uh, it's a nice uh, juxtaposition.
1: I I just love holding the bottles. I've been like stroking the labels. (laughs) They're they're really wonderful things, though. It's like a physical artwork. I love it.
0: Well, we're going to get on to our final questions, guys. Uh, The Talk Art Trio. The first one is, if you could do an art heist, and we'll go to you first, Tej. If you could have any work of art in the world for yourself, you could steal it nicely. What would it be and why? Your most wanted. Pressures Your most, on, wanted, your art most heist. wanted
1: art heist.
5: <laughs> I think that if I, I, I've always said this, that if you're going to be a criminal, be a really good one. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: really good advice. That's
5: really lovely advice. Uh, yeah. I, like I'd not get caught, so I think <laughs> I would like to go for like you know the the big piece, and go for the Mona Lisa. I right. No, I, I, I think that that would be like a, a mist. I, I would like, like the mystery of being attached to that and the possibility of someone saying, like, we think you're a suspect, but we're not sure, and mm. et cetera, et cetera, but it's Mona Lisa? You know, like this uh, this mythical story of D.B. Cooper? No. It's about this guy that kind of stole a lot of money, got on a plane, and then disappeared off the plane, and no one could ever find him. While the plane was flying? Yes i don't Whoa. know about the story yeah, yeah. how long ago was this years ago like a few decades ago yeah, yeah. so he just like skimmed through security and go on the plane with a like, big loads of cash that just stole and then just apparently he parachuted off the plane no one could ever find him but the only thing they could find was remnants of the money he stole basically like on the ground, playing through over. So I think I oh, would like that kind of thing. It's like, is it true? Is it not? Like, did he really steal it? Yeah, it yeah, really? yeah. Yeah, so I think.
1: The Mona Lisa is such a captivating face as well. Yeah. And it, you know, if you think about your own wine bottle, mm. um, the expression on his face Just, is really uh, like it draws you in. Yeah. yeah. In, the, in a bit similar, actually. It's kind of interesting.
5: Love that. But if he ever goes missing,
4: it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
5: It comes straight to you. <laughs> yeah.
0: And Sheikah, what about you?
4: Anything by Hilma Af Klint.
0: Oof.
1: Oh, wow.
4: And I think you can probably tell based off of the colours that I like yeah. and the colours of the bottle that I created with the collective, like mm. jubilant, like that element of uh, harking back to like almost a childhood nostalgia with the playfulness and the colours and the the warmth of those pieces. Anything that she ever created happily I would I would own a piece of that life. so soulful
1: and spiritual isn't it as well
4: yeah oh Brilliant. yeah looking at it is like a spiritual experience yes. and that's that's kind of what I also hoped that this label would do that you know during the shoot I kind of described the label as hopefully what feels like a warm hug the way that you know you sit with a glass of rosé with someone you love and that feels like a little spiritual warm hug. Oh. I think Hilma of Clint's work feels like that to me as well. And so, yeah, probably something she created. Where have
0: you seen her work? In the flesh? You've seen it in the flesh? I or? have not seen oh. it in the flesh, okay. which is
4: why it's so like, oh, my God, that would be so cool. That would be like dream art. So, yeah. Great.
1: That's the most wanted journey in the future. <laughs> Hopefully you get to see them. Anna?
3: I mean, there would be many, obviously, and for many reasons. But um, one that springs to mind is... Um, um, a wood print by Katie Colwitz. It's not <laughs> not the most positive of subjects because her work is about um, women's grief in between the wars and the loss of our son. But I just remember that um, the time I first discovered her work and I walked into this room with all her wood prints, and um, it just really got to me the way that she portrays grief and they're just really st- strong and moving and. I think for that, I'm not a, a very emotional person, so I think for that reason, it because it unlocks something in me, mm. I'd say I'd like to pick that.
0: <laughs> where was it? Where did you see them?
3: I can't, it was a few years ago, and I can't remember exactly where it was. In maybe. the UK, or was yeah, it? Yeah, in the UK. Yeah. Um, it wasn't even final prints, they were rejects. But yeah, I just remember it was just so powerful.
0: Who is who is the artist then? What, tell us about She's her. She's
3: a German artist, And um, she was very, well, um, as many women artists, she was very unknown. And she, her practice is all wood prints and, and yeah.
1: She's actually one of Tracy Emmons' favorite artists. And Tracy has one in her house in London, (laughs) one of the woodcuts. And I I saw it recently for the first time. It's the only time I've ever seen one in real life. I'm absolutely obsessed. Such an important artist in the history Mm. and like the legacy that she's left for everybody. It's amazing. Well, um, let's do that
0: for you.
3: Yeah, I've got something in common with Tracy <laughs> Evan. Hey, <laughs> you? Callum, do
1: you have
2: an art heist? Are you, are you a practicing artist as well? Um, I sort of used to be. I used to make lots of installations and sculptures and things like that. But now I'm sort of surrounded by people infinitely more talented than me. And because I'm quite competitive, I just... No,
1: <laughs> You've got just, it out, Yeah, right.
2: and I now just don't really bother. I'm really into history, so I kind of love, like old jewellery sort of like ancient Egyptian stuff Aztec Incan stuff I love all that Um, but there's probably enough artifacts that have been stolen by white people so I'll probably uh, so so uh, give them all back yeah I'll uh, yeah there's there's too much of that I would probably my mum's favourite painting is Girl with a Pearl Earring so Uh, I'd probably steal that for my mum for me yeah yeah or I love Caravaggio as well the epicness the the use of colour the I like mythological stuff too so that kind of uh, harks into all these kind of like old tales. And, and characters and things like that so um
1: yeah oh shout out to your mum our podcast only exists because of our mums it was yeah. them that told us to do it genuinely yeah we love our mums don't love we i your... know which art heist my would be what, what? the three bottles uh,
0: i'm gonna take them home. your most wanted <laughs> you to do it today because yes. they're not out yet. we can take
5: them yes
2: um do you have a favorite <laughs> color callum Ooh. um Probably some shade of green. I'm a, a bit Ooh. of a yeah, like a like a deep dark green. You know, when the light hits it, it's refreshing and it's vibrant. And then at nighttime or whatever, when it's dark. It's mysterious. Like an olivey green or a... darker than darker that. than yeah, an Yeah, like olive. a sort of like an yeah. emerald
1: or something. Yeah, emerald. Like an em- I was thinking yeah, stones just, when you said that. Yeah. You mentioned yeah. jewelry earlier.
2: Yeah, like um, beautiful dark deep green. I mean. Oof. Oof, love yeah. that,
1: Anna. Anna?
3: ultramarine blue Ooh. and it's a very functional reason because uh, when I first started working with oil paints the ultramarine blue was just so easy to like with the brush it would just go flow so easily and it just became my favorite color to work with cool
4: my favorite is uh, very easily red and there are I don't know why it's just happened there's lots of red in my room for some reason I think it's the warmth I really like a warm comforting kind of red like a like a darker than christmas red not quite the the garish christmas red what like a, like
1: <laughs> almost like a malbec red oh,
4: almost.
1: <laughs> almost that was a cheesy little
0: <laughs> a most wanted wines malbec red,
5: <laughs> <you mean.
4: laughs> yes yeah Amazing. probably probably a red
5: yeah so this is going to be interesting can i describe my favorite scent instead
1: yeah, yeah go for can. it we love that uh i
5: would say the smell of a carpenter's workshop in the woods Ooh, I think we might end up adding favourite
1: smells to,
0: to
5: talk art going
0: forwards. The carpenter's Oof. workshop in the woods.
5: Yeah, I think uh, if I could if I could smell that forever, I I would. When you experienced sure? this? Yes. Growing up. Yes. Oh, yeah, you experienced yeah. it here. No, yeah. I don't think I find carpenter's workshops in the woods unless I build one. There we go. Yeah.
0: What is the best advice you've ever received when it comes to your art?
5: I, I've not really been like a. A big consultant on people, and that's like my work. I've always kind of focused on like this, is what I need to do, and this is what I need to do next, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But uh, what's helped a lot that I, I've read a lot about um, other artists' uh process, and I think that the most important thing is just to carry on, mm. because like there'll be loads of times where you just want to be like. I just want to go work in a cafe and do anything else. And just there is a kind of a fire inside you that's, that burns um, every day. And you have to, you know, kind of have to open the chimney to let the smoke out. And if you don't, you're going to, yeah, it's not going to be a, a great result. Uh, so I think it's just important to, to carry on, uh, no matter the odds, keep creating. You can have various outlets to do that. But as I said earlier, it's like it's a call in. I don't want to get too spiritual about no, it. No, go on, go, go. But on. I, I think that it's something that you, you cannot really control and you just have to um execute uh that feeling. Trust the universe. Yes, so to speak. Love. <laughs> Amazing. Shika.
4: Probably my mum, uh, who said that uh I'm not very good at putting myself out there, which is kind of advice in a way, but she said basically keep putting yourself out there, do that more. Oh. Um because that's the only way that you're ever going to make a space for yourself, because I think that's also what I was kind of talking about with the label as well. The little chair carving out a space for yourself, literally carving a seat at the table for yourself, that's something I'm trying to get better at. So, yeah, just put yourself out there. Don't be scared to do that. Go for it.
1: But also like you set an example for others and that you all three of you, you know, having made these beautiful labels encourages other people to dream big and think they can also make the art they want to make and share it with the world. It's a wonderful gift.
4: Yeah. And that's something that I've like, I've been asked before as well, like what advice would you give to younger artists or newer artists? And that's something that I've always said is, is whatever your inner, inner power, strength, Interiority as a person—that is unique to you. No one else in the world has that, and that is that is something that you have to stick to and like keep pushing and keep believing that that is something that is going to make it somewhere. is going to get you somewhere, and that that somewhere doesn't have to be sort of a capitalistic idea of somewhere. It mm-hmm. just means growth in and of, in and of what your artistic practice is, and yeah, basically, yeah, just use what is unique to you, keep going, keep pushing it.
1: Yeah. I think self-focus is such an important thing as well, because you might think it's selfish, but actually that that commitment to the self and, you know, making sure you're okay actually ends up helping so many other people at the same time. It's a really weird sort of juxtaposition of concepts, but mm-hmm. yeah.
4: Yeah. It def- Also because, and please feel free to tell me to shut up if I'm talking too much. No, we love it. <laughs> we love up. it. Um, but I was mentioning as well earlier that um, I'm a full-time carer for my mum. So like I've said, this this for me art is my career, but it's also what I do as a form of escape. Mm. It's what I do to have and make time for myself and make... It, it's a form of self-care. So what you just said about you know, it's it's your way of almost filling up your own cup so that you can then help fill up others. Yes. It's it's putting on your own mask first on the airplane so that you can put on someone else's. It's that. Basically, you can't pour more for yourself out of yourself to give to others if you don't already have it in you. So art mm. oh, is what does that for me. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Anna? Anna, what's the best advice you've received? <laughs>
3: The best advice I've received was to tone it down. <laughs> really?
0: Really? <laughs> that, that wasn't from Most Wanted, though.
3: <laughs> <was> no, <laughs> no. Um, no it, I, I know the reason why I picked that advice was because it actually made me uh, go the opposite way and make my work even more audacious. And uh, and by making the figures how I depict them has managed to get me the audience and the type of clients that have similar values
2: lovely um I guess for me it's a it's a, a little bit difficult because I'm just so inspired and fortunate to work with the artists that I work with so I'm kind of like constantly like just blown away by their talent and actually how sort of the art world needs these up op- need the art world needs to have the, all this fresh talent and spotlight these incredible um artists so um mine is just have a purpose and have a mission and really be focused on it i think i'm I'm, you know the work that we're doing at creative debuts i'm really proud of obviously with working with most wanted through the black artist grant and other initiatives that we've done and obviously the collective now it's all about you know being intent working hard being out there putting our flag in the ground of what we believe in and um yeah trying to sort of disrupt and democratize as we go and you know there's so many hurdles for artists and people to get into this art game and you know it's like it's it's built in a way to make it more challenging a lot of the time so my my thing and and i guess advice from that i've received is just keep doing it be be brave be bold and, you know we've always got these these amazing messages on the most wanted bottles and it's very much that it's art is the perfect vehicle for conversations for bringing communities together and just to keep doing more of it really Love that.
1: So if we were going to open a bottle of wine right now, which one will we open, everyone? Can we come to a consensus? Straw Pinot, all three at once.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Straw I've never heard of
3: that. Oh,
0: my God. And if you could have a glass of wine now, what would it be?
3: I mean, it would be a pinot with a fantastic design on it. <laughs> <laughs> or a red Barolo. Ooh, nice. Mm.
0: Love a Barolo. Yes,
4: even though I have designed for the rosé, I would say the Pinot Grigio. Ah, <laughs> okay.
5: I feel like I've said a Malbec now. I
1: yeah.
5: My own. <laughs> <laughs> I would have a Malbec. What would you have?
1: Uh, probably the rosé. Oh,
0: of course you would. You know me. Yes, you love a rosé. <laughs> yeah, I do so, love so a rosé. You're so summery.
1: I'm so summery, so spring, even <laughs> in autumn. Um, all year round, hun.
0: This has been amazing. Thank you so much for coming on Toolcart, guys. Thank you, Callum creative debuts thank you most wanted wines yeah
1: congratulations all of you cuz this is a really meaningful project and um, i'm super impressed when i saw the images the other day i was like these are so good yeah, you've really like I don't know. It's just next level. That's all I can say, really. So if you would like to learn more, you can go to at most wanted wines on socials. There's an amazing hashtag, which is hashtag most wanted collective and also make it most wanted. And you can uh, discover all about the different artworks and the world of most wanted.
0: We should probably get your Instagrams if that's okay. Butler Archive. Butler Archive. Yes. At Butler Archive. Yes. Okay.
1: cool.
4: Mine is at Aorists, A-O-R-I-S-T-S.
3: Mine is at Untepid, U N T E P I D,
2: and creative debuts. That's creative and then D E B U T
1: S. Wonderful, right. and we will be connecting to all of you on at Talkart. Well, thank you all so much. Thank this has everyone. been such a wonderful hour. I've loved every yeah, minute, me too. and um, I can't wait to get to the shops and see these most wanted wine bottles with the glorious artworks um, on the on, shelves. On the shelves. See Thanks very much. We'll be Bye. back very soon. Bye. <laughs>